Welcome in the Lockdown Blackhawks for Wednesday, January 22nd, 2020. My name is Jay Zawoski, host of Lockdown Blackhawks. We are part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. Your team every day. The Hawks lose a really good, really tough game to Joel Quenville and the Florida Panthers 4-3 last night at the United Center, sending them to the All-Star break. They are off for the next, what, a long time. (laughs) They don't play again until February 1st, so uh, there is a lot to get to in this game and a lot of stuff we're going to have to do to kill some time during the All-Star break, and I've got something in mind I'll tell you about in a little bit. But first, let's get to the propers of the show. Get in touch with the podcast, LockdownBlackhawks at gmail.com. Send a voicemail, 708-653-0572. Follow me on Twitter at jayzawaski670. Follow the show on Twitter at LO underscore Blackhawks. And, of course, there you can follow my Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast as well at Madhouse Pod. New episode of the Madhouse Podcast will be out Wednesday afternoon, so keep an eye out for that. During this All-Star break as well, we're going to have a crossover episode of Lockdown Blackhawks where my Madhouse partner, James Naveau, is going to join me for an episode or two as we do sort of a big picture look, get some promotion for the Madhouse podcast going, and uh, get you some extra content. So before we get to uh, the big thing we're going to have during the All-Star break, uh, first want to talk about this loss to the Florida Panthers. And I'm trying to muster up anger about this game, and you really can't. The Hawks did everything right. They were definitely the better team, uh, outshot the Panthers 35-26, to and yeah, they had a big shot advantage in the third period as they're trying to come back in this game. But what did the Hawks do poorly? What did the Hawks do that cost them this game? And I really, short of not converting on the power play, which they did once, you know, they they did score a power play goal. They just didn't have the luck with the puck. And that is something that sometimes happens in hockey. I will say, and it's it sucks to have to say this because he's been so great all year, but I don't think this was one of Robin Leonard's better games. A couple of those goals I think he would like to have back, but he's been one of their best players night after night after night, so I'm not going to throw this one on him, but it was just one of those nights where the Panthers got the bounces and the Blackhawks didn't, and that was truly the difference in the game. I think the Hawks were the better team. And to start the game, you know, the Hawks got off. It was kind of a first period was sort of a feeling out. You know, there was a lot of emotional stuff happening early in the game with the Patrick Kane ceremony and then Joel Quenville being honored. You could see both teams were just sort of trying to get a feel for things and get back in the swing of a normal hockey game. Second period started, Florida gets two quick goals, actually three quick goals in the first 10 minutes of the second period. And then Kirby Dock scores his seventh of the year and Hawks from that point on sort of start to take things over. But even when they were down three, nothing, it didn't feel like they were playing that poorly. They had those momentary letdowns, right? The first two goals, I would say, were letdowns. And again, you probably want Leonard to stop one or two of those. But other than that, I'm not going to scream and yell and get mad about this game. It would have been really nice to end this great stretch of hockey on a high note headed to the All-Star break. But I don't think anyone in that locker room last night was feeling like was feeling down about the performance was feeling like you know yeah they deserved better 
And there will be games like that. There will be games they win they don't deserve to win. There will be games they lose that they deserve to win. And that was the case last night. I, I really think the Hawks played a really solid game against a really good team. The Florida Panthers are good. And the bottom line is Sergei Bobrovsky made more saves than Robin Leonard, and that was sort of the difference in the game. And while, you know, you're not going to be mad about this one, and, I, and I'm not mad about this one. Had the Hawks won this game, they would have been one point out of a playoff spot right behind Vegas and Arizona. But they didn't win. They're three points out as it is right now, so it's not the end of the world. But some of those missed opportunity games that happened earlier in the year, when you have one like this where you do everything right but come up short – those ones hurt extra bad. So, you know, I, I, I really, I, I just sort of following this game along, I didn't see anyone on Twitter really mad about what was going on. I think the Hawks played well. I think Kirby Doc had a really strong game. Really strong game. And he's been lately really looking solid. A goal and an assist. He was plus one. Had uh, two shots on goal and two more shot attempts. 50% from the dot, two and two, which isn't, you know, it didn't take a ton of face-offs, but 50% is 50%. You're seeing him play with confidence and playing with speed and playing with aggression. And there was a moment in that game where Doc, DeBrinkett, and Kane were on the ice at the same time at even strength, and that was dangerous. And the only concern there is, and, and my guy Matt McClure from Faxes from Uncle Dale sort of pointed this out is you need a puck retriever on that line so you can't really play them together. But I've seen Kirby Doc lately winning some puck battles, doing some good things in the corners and along the boards, and he's had the willingness to go do the things you need to do to win pucks. And I think that's kind of been the difference in his game lately. And that's why I'm so encouraged by what I've seen from him it's almost like a terrible time for the All-Star break. Not that I think he's going to lose anything or the Hawks are going to lose anything. Rest is always a good thing for these guys. But, man, with everybody playing as well as they're playing right now, from Taves to Kane to Doc to Brinkett starting to pick things up. Drake Kajula is on a roll. He had another goal last night. You've got a lot of guys playing well. And, <laughs> you know, why couldn't the All-Star break have come you know, two weeks ago when the Hawks were sort of reeling after some bad losses in a row. Anyway, <sighs> frustrating, but again, nothing to be mad about, nothing to be discouraged about. Hawks played a really, really solid game against a really good team on an emotional night. And instead of going over the pluses and minuses on this show and going down the number line, I want to talk a little bit about Joe Quenville. Uh, and I also want to get into what we'll be doing as a promotion uh, leading up to Monday's show. And this spring, follow your favorite baseball teams to Arizona for Cactus League spring training. Amazing weather and landscapes, exciting outdoor adventure, incredible food. Arizona is the perfect home base for baseball fans. All 10 stadiums for those 15 MLB teams that play in the Cactus League are in the greater Phoenix area within 50 miles of each other. Check out amazing restaurants and bars nearby. There's tons of craft breweries. There's live music from local and national artists. Explore museums featuring everything from native heritage to modern art to musical instruments from around the world. 
Arizona is known for its incredible landscapes and thrilling outdoor adventures. Hit the road and explore Arizona's urban centers, ghost towns, artsy communities, and quirky outposts. Bring the kids along to spring training. Arizona is a fantastic destination for families. There are family-friendly resorts and hotels offering plenty of fun for kids of all ages from water parks to horseback rides to games and activities. Plan your spring training getaway at visitarizona.com slash spring training. That's visitarizona.com slash spring training. It's Lockdown Blackhawks, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hawks lose 4-3 to the Florida Panthers in a bummer of a loss in a really good, solid game. They played really well and deserved to win, but they just fell short. A little note from the game, by the way. Patrick Kane's gotten all the attention, and rightfully so, for scoring his 1,000th NHL point. He scored his 1,001st NHL point last night as he scored a goal in the third period to make it 4-3. Kane moves into fourth all-time. Well, he is fourth all-time. He has been for a while. But guess who else moved into the top 10 in all-time Blackhawks scoring? That's right, Duncan Keith, who assisted on Drake Kajula's goal, has passed Jeremy Roenick for sole possession of 10th overall all-time in Blackhawks scoring with 597 points. Duncan Keith has surpassed Jeremy Roenick statistically as a Blackhawk, and that is something. That is significant. And when we look back on this era of hockey in a while, in 10 years and 15 years, say, damn, no wonder this team won three Stanley Cups. Look at the talent they have. Look at the talent they had. It's just been such a pleasure to watch this franchise play, and I know it's been frustrating over the last three years, but man, Patrick Kane, Jonathan Taves, Duncan Keith, Brent Seabrook, Marion Hosa, think of all these great players the Blackhawks have had. And of course, Joel Quenville being honored by the Hawks last night as he returned to town for the first time. What a great ovation. There's some footage of the video montage they showed. I'm sure the Blackhawks will post it on their social media at some point. They didn't show that during the broadcast, but Q definitely choked up by the moment and uh, really just an emotional night. Really cool, by the way, one of the girls in our Homewood Softball League was on the ice for the anthem, standing with the Blackhawks, so an extra layer of special for me watching that game. Um, But, man, let's talk about Joel Quenville a little bit. That guy, you know, there's something to be said for, you know, I just mentioned all the talent the Hawks have and had during the Dynasty era. But you have to ask yourself the question, would they have won a Stanley Cup without Joel Quenville? And the talent they had, maybe. Maybe they win one. But Joel Quenville's, not just his X's and O's ability as a coach, not just the on-ice know-how, not just the veteran presence and leadership that he brought to the team, but his ability to keep the Blackhawks and all those egos. I know hockey's a different sport where egos don't really come into play as much as other sports. But for Joel Quenville to manage that as well as he did is really 
remarkable, and he deserves credit for that. We've seen a lot of teams with talent come and go in the NHL and in other sports, and they sometimes fall apart more quickly than you'd expect. You know, the 85 Bears are a really good example of a team that had a ton of talent and a charismatic head coach that just sort of, I don't know, some would say maybe they read their headlines a little too much and assumed they were going to win a bunch of Super Bowls in a row and it never happened. This team was as determined in 2013 and 2015 as they were in 2010. And that to me is a testament to Joel Quenville. One of the best coaches in the history of the game, the best coach in Blackhawks history, and it was great to see the Blackhawks honor him the way they did. And the other cool thing is as Patrick Kane is being honored on the ice before the game, Joel Quenville behind the Panthers bench just beaming, grinning ear to ear, clapping for Patrick Kane, looking on sort of like a proud father. And I know it seems like a lifetime ago when Patrick Kane had that tumultuous summer well, not really him, but some people in the Buffalo area had a tumultuous summer because of what was alleged to have happened then. And there were other incidents that went uh, published and unpublished from Patrick Kane early in his career. Um, the Madison situation, the public intoxication. It seemed like around that time, everybody had a story about Patrick Kane. But from all reports, he's really turned things around. He's settled down. He's become a better citizen, a better person. And I think, you know, Joe Quenville can kind of appreciate that and look on with that and take a little bit of credit for it. You know, I think it's a guy who provides a good example for these players. And, and there is, even though they're pros, I think there is a bit of a father figure factor to a guy who was their head coach for 10 years and a head coach during their formative years, not only as players, but as men. And, to see Joel Quenville really reveling in that moment for Patrick Kane, that said a lot to me. That that affected me more than I thought it would. And it's kind of funny as like the sun is setting on this core of Blackhawks and we're having all these milestones and these celebrations. It it's it kinda it's kinda scary how quickly it's gone by. And it's kind of hard to deal with. It's kind of hard to accept that we might not see the Hawks in that position maybe ever again, first of all. Before they won the three in 2010, 2013, and 2015, they had won only three others since 1926 when the team was founded. So a lot of new Hawks fans might think it's easier than it really is to win a Stanley Cup, and it could be a while before we see another one in Chicago. And for whatever reason, this year, maybe with Q coming back, maybe with Patrick Kane hitting a thousand points, maybe with Brent Seabrook, you know, potentially being done playing, we're seeing all of this, all these core things are, you know, Quenville somewhere else, Seabrook's nowhere to be seen, Patrick Kane is still Patrick Kane, Jonathan Taves is having a bounce back. It's just kind of a emotional year for fans of the core of this team. And it's been really interesting to watch this year. And, uh, man, I'm really glad Coach Q got to come back and enjoy uh, the game. I'm mad he did, I'm mad he won the game, <laughs> wanted the Hawks to win. But really, aside from the final score of the game, it was really a perfect night at the United Center. And uh, welcome back, Joel Quenville. Uh, and, and hopefully 
you know, he can take the Panthers somewhere great because I think he's a good head coach with a really good team. And uh, obviously he's got a GM working for him in Dale Talon that knows what he's doing. So the sky's the limit for the Florida Panthers. They've got some great players. And if you saw the Athletic ran um, their 2020 players poll, and we'll get into that over the All-Star break as well, Alexander Barkov was named one of the, I think, the most underrated player in hockey and uh, compared to a young Jonathan Taves during tonight's game. Hey, if you've been a listener of this podcast, I'm sure you've heard all the great advertisers working with Locked On to reach sports fans, but you may not know that Locked On Blackhawks is a great way for your local business to reach passionate Hawks fans just like you. Unlike any other podcast, Locked On gives your local company the unique ability to reach local podcast listeners. Not just any podcast listener, a Locked On podcast listener. If your company wants to connect with Hawks fans and a predominantly male audience that's well-educated with disposable income, then let's put your company right here on this Locked On podcast. Local fans love to support local businesses. Text the word advertising to 33777 or visit LockedOnPodcasts.com slash advertising and let us know who you are. We'll get our team to help your team achieve Locked On advertising success. Once again, text the word advertising to 33777 or visit LockedOnPodcasts.com slash advertising we look forward to hearing from you it's lockdown blackhawks part of the lockdown podcast network your team every day jay zawoski with you here and i mentioned early in the show something we're going to be doing for the all-star week something interactive for locked on podcast listeners locked on blackhawks podcast listeners I have created the Locked On Blackhawks mid-season poll. I'm going to post this link on the Twitter account at LO underscore Blackhawks. It's going to be pinned to the profile. It'll be available at 7 a.m. on Wednesday morning. So this morning, if you're listening after 7 a.m., it's up there. You can vote on these categories. One, who's the Blackhawks MVP so far? Who's been the Blackhawks best rookie so far? Who's been the Hawks' best defenseman this year? Who's been the most disappointing Blackhawk? Which of Bowman's offseason moves has been the best, aside from signing Robin Leonard, of course? Which has been the best moment of the season so far? Which has been the biggest story of the year so far? Predict the outcome of the season, and who is most likely to be dealt at the deadline? So, check that out. There is a Google Docs link on the Lockdown Podcast page at LO underscore Blackhawks on Twitter. Go there, click the link, and vote. I will reveal the results of this poll on Monday. So make sure you vote. I want to see where you guys stand, what you guys think. And uh, I will go over each category on Monday, and we'll break it all down. Um, so, yeah, that look, look forward to that Monday show. But in the meantime, make sure you vote. Tell your friends to vote. Tell your Hawks fans' friends to vote. Want to get a big sample size and see where your guys' heads are at at the half, it's not really halfway point, but you know what I mean. At the halfway point of the year, the All Star break. Also, as we do have a bunch of open days between now and the next Blackhawks game, it's going to be basically talk back week. If you have a question, get it to me, and I will answer it. I'm not going to wait till just Tuesday to do questions because we've got so much time 
between now and then. So if you've got something on your mind, send it off and I'll answer it on the on the uh, podcast right away. Again, that voicemail, 708-653-0572. The email is lockedonblackhawks at gmail.com or you can send a tweet at LO underscore Blackhawks. The voice memos, I think if you listen to yesterday's Talk Back Tuesday episode, you heard how great the voice memos sounded. That's really the best way to do it. Open up that app on your phone, record a voice memo, and email it to LockdownBlackhawks at gmail.com. It will sound pristine, it will sound studio quality, and it will be really, really great. If you've got some suggestions for some programming you'd like to hear over the All-Star break, let me know. This is your show as much as it's mine. I want you guys to like the content that comes out. If you have some feedback, if there's a guest you want to hear from, let me know. I want to. I know I want to check in with Charlie Romeliotis from NBC Sports Chicago. Probably want to talk to Scott Powers of The Athletic at some point. We had Ben Pope on last week talking about the Blackhawks' prospects. But do you want to hear from Lockdown Blues, Lockdown Avalanche? Do you want to hear about the division opponents? Let me know what, what's, what you're interested in at this point, and we will get to it. We've got, what, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven shows to do before the Blackhawks play another game. So we've got some flexibility. We've got some time. Let me know what's on your mind, Lockdown Blackhawks listeners, and we will get it done. But make sure, first and foremost, you go to twitter.com slash LO underscore Blackhawks. Look for that Blackhawks midseason poll. It'll be the pinned tweet on the profile page, and you can vote on the pre on the midseason poll. Let me know where you think the Blackhawks stand at this point. With that, we're going to wrap things up. Disappointing way to head into the All-Star break, but really excited for the next month ahead. Not only are the Blackhawks right in the thick of a playoff race, the trade deadline is just over a month away. So there's going to be a lot to get to. The Hawks have a very road-heavy schedule in February. They start on the road February 1st in Arizona. They've got 11 road games during the month and only three home games. So you want to talk about an important month of hockey leading up to the trade deadline the Blackhawks have a challenge ahead of them and a lot of those games are against some tough tough opponents the home games are Boston the Rangers and the Predators they're on the road Arizona Minnesota Winnipeg Edmonton Vancouver Calgary Winnipeg Dallas St. Louis Tampa and Florida that's the month of February for the Blackhawks so it's going to be a really important and tight race, and the Hawks have big decisions to make before that month ends. So keep it here every day on Lockdown Blackhawks. I will be here. As long as you're here, I'll be here. I'll be here if you're not here. I don't have a choice. But thank you for listening. Thanks for being part of Lockdown Blackhawks. We are part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day.